Welcome to Loud and Queer. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land, that which, was, that which was never ceded. My name's Laura, I'm queer, my pronouns are they, them, and I'm coming to you from Wondery land, and would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. If you want to keep up to date on Loud and Queer, you can check us out on Twitter and Instagram at SynLoud, that's at S-Y-N-Loud, and also Loud and Queer on Facebook. Coming up on the show, we're talking queer news. We've got a couple of interviews with um, some local musicians. First, we'll hear from Hope D from Brisbane, and secondly, we'll be hearing from LA-based artist Claude about their new music. Lastly, we'll have our usual segment froth or not we hope you're having a good afternoon on your sunday elizabeth is gonna take us through what's been happening in queer news this week uh, from q news australian living legend Carlotta retires this september but as the title says sorry but as the title of her show says she's not dead yet darlings following her amazing career australia's leading showgirl is finally hanging up her boas but there is still time to catch Carlotta's farewell tour beginning in Adelaide this weekend. She began her career as an original cast member of the long-running Sydney-based burlesque Lay Girls Cabaret Show, which had an international following and started in 1962 at Sydney's King's Cross. She says she's going out with a bang, telling a remarkable story in the show, I'm Not Dead Yet, Darlings. Next in the news, the Equality Act has been formally reintroduced to the House of Representatives by gay congressman David Cicilline and Senator Jeff Merkley. The Equality Act would amend the Civil Rights Act of 1964 in the US to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity in housing, employment, public education, and a number of other areas. While the Democratic-controlled House of Representatives passed the Equality Act in 2019 by a vote of 236 to, 130, uh, to 173, it was never even brought for a vote in the then-Republican-controlled Senate, according to Pink News UK. The City of Sydney ordered the removal of an image of St Mary's Cathedral from the advertising of an LGBTQ plus concert after Sydney's Catholic Archbishop described it as frustrating and upsetting. Events group Heaps Gay will stage a live and queer variety show on Saturday, Saturday night at the St Mary's Cathedral Forecourt as part of an outdoor performance series being run by the council. In a Facebook post yesterday, Archbishop Anthony Fisher wrote that because Cathedral Square was council land, the decision about the content of the concert and its advertising is unfortunately not ours to make. If any of these stories concerned you, please visit Lifeline at 131114, QLife at 1800-184527, or Kids Helpline at 1800-551800. That was our weekly news whip. You're listening to Loud and Queer. Up next, we're going to listen to... We spoke to Hope D this week on the show about her new EP, Cash Only, and her upcoming Australian tour. We also chatted on the issues of women and non-binary people in the music industry and what it means to her fans to include queer themes in her art. Hi, my name is Hope D. I am a 21-year-old artist from Brisbane. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I identify as uh, queer. How would you describe your music for those who aren't familiar with you? Um, I guess I write... Um, very recounty songs that sound lighthearted and cynical and upbeat 
Um, and yeah, I think I just, um, I think I write about topics that are um, slightly niche, um, but very personal as well. I've been reading you've been a staple of the Brisbane music scene for a few years now. Um, how did you get into performing music live and why did you get into performing? Um, yeah, I started doing gigs very low-key, like um, at local grilled restaurants, and I used to do just like originals, but there would be not many originals because I didn't have many at the time. And then I got into cover music and doing that like as a job. Um, so I'm very experienced in just like, recounting other people's songs and stuff and replaying those um and then after a while I started doing my originals and getting paid for it in the valley when I first turned 18 and from there it was just like a very slow steady um like uphill thing for me I think and now I've gotten to the point where I'm um a bit bit better well known and and a bit more appreciated which is awesome because you know I've done so many gigs where you're just background music, which is fine. Like, I, I really don't mind, but, like, it's really nice to actually have people listen now. Were there any others that you sort of got a bit sick of or any favourites that you had? Yeah, I think my favourites were, uh, like, Redbone by Childish Gambino. I love playing that. Um, the ones I got really sick of, like, they're great songs, but if you play them a million times, you just, you just they get really <laughs> annoying. I used to play Tash Altana's, um Notion a lot. And that just got, I think I got really sick of that. And then Electric Eel, uh, Electric Feel. I, yeah. I, I think I've muddled it so much now. Um, probably that one as well. Um, I refuse to play Valerie just because, like, I heard it so many times when I used to, like, when, I, when I'm just out <laughs> listening to other people play. So I just, like, refused to do that one because it was just too much already. Um, and yeah. I think we played, yeah, I think I played, yeah, I think those, those ones were the best. Uh, and, like, a few Marine 5 songs I actually liked playing a lot. That's about it, though. Very cool. Um, yeah, I would still go off to Valerie if anyone played it, though. <laughs> nice, <laughs> but I guess nice. maybe it's becoming the new, the new like wonder wall of. of yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. You made sort of a a pretty big debut into the Australian music scene around 2019, I think, and yeah, and you sort of exponentially grew from there. Um, and I wondered how, you know, the onset of COVID had kind of affected the way you made or distributed your music. Mm. Um, well, I guess when I, I guess it was smooth, like as smooth as, as smooth as it could be, I guess, smooth sailing until COVID um, after I released, um, I had released one single. And then when I released my second single, which was second in 2020, literally that was when COVID was hitting. So like instead of, um, so it was delivered a bit, um, staggeredly because I've released a single but I felt weird like you know pushing it on my socials and stuff because you know why would someone be listening to my song right now when they want to like be reading news about this pandemic and stuff like that so I kind of held back a, a bit from you know shoving it in people's faces and you know it was a very scary time as well um, but I think uh, I, I really thought that it wasn't going to do as well as it did as well and it didn't for a really long time until it got picked up by Triple J a fair bit after that um, like a very fair bit after that and I was super surprised about that too um, but I used the time that we all had to just not like be apart from each other. I used that time to write and record. I, I did have like a massive period of time where I was just like super upset as everyone was though. Um, just cause I felt like my job was, you know, not going to go anywhere now. And like, I had to think of what, what else I would possibly do if I couldn't play on stages and like, you know, record music and stuff. So, um, 
the time was actually super useful for me because I got to slow down and I didn't feel left out for slowing down because everyone else had to slow down as well. So I got to just like write and record, which was really mm. good. So, and that's what the, and that's how the EP came about, I guess. That's when I finally had time to do that. So it's kind of, kind of blessing in disguise, I guess. What was it like to release your first EP? Cause I know that was only two weeks ago now. Yeah. Oh man. It's so, it's so good because there are songs on there that are so old and like, or like that, that are kind of old and the more like songs you write, the more old, the older ones get and the more that you kind of hate the older ones. So just like finally putting it out is like very therapeutic and like cathartic. So I'm, I'm like super, super excited and I'm super happy that they're out there because it just means that I can keep writing and keep releasing music. And, um, and it's really nice to see the response as well um, from all these songs that are out and they're obviously very personal topics and, and stuff like that. So I can't wait to even, to keep releasing music like that and to release even pe- more personal songs and all that kind of thing. So it's been, it's been sick. Mm, yeah, definitely. And I saw that you moved from performing solo to kind of putting together a band. Yeah. How's that sort of influence the, the EP making process or the music making process? Yeah. Well, it's definitely different. Hey, because, um, like I was a solo artist until I released my first single. And then when I released that single, I had a lot of people tell me, oh, you should do the first show after you release the single, like the EP, uh, the song launch, the single launch with a band. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Because when you're doing solo song, um, solo shows, it's so good because you don't have anyone following you, so you can kind of do whatever you want. But the cons of that is like it's a lot more lonely. And it's like it's just so much fun to have, be playing with this band. So I said, fine, I'll put together a band um, if – but they all have to be queer women because it's such a minority um, in our like industry and stuff. So I wanted to push us to the front and um, yeah, we have the best time. They're like my best mates. And it's been so much more fun because, you know, you get to party on stage and you get to talk after, after the sets and like, you know, talk about what you did right and wrong and we just have the best time. So um, yeah, it's, it's way more fun. Like I haven't done too many solo shows since, um, but what I do with it, like, they're super fun as well. And they're so different. Like the sets are so different, but you know, with a band, you can obviously make the dynamics so much bigger. And you know, it's not just two loops that you're just like pressing between. It's like literally five five people that can just do so many different things. So it's it's so much more fun. You received the Carol Lloyd Award last year for yeah. uh, sort of to encourage women and non-binary people in Australia's music industry. Yeah, yeah but it's it's great mm. to hear that you know it's like a financial award and it's you know the name and it's getting your name out there why do you think that's mm. so important you know you mentioned it sort of with your bandmates what do you mm. think I guess is the issue there and why is it needed yeah no absolutely um well it's it's really funny because when I first started doing gigs and I got like on the support I got to support bands right I, I remember doing this show once and, um, you know, I did the show and it was so much fun. And then I, like, looked around and I was like, oh, wow, like, I was the only female in this whole lineup. Like, not even just, like, front woman female. I was literally the only female that actually played in these bands. It was about three bands. And then I started thinking back. I was like, wow, I've actually, I don't think I've ever played on a lineup with another female. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, it's a very male-dominated industry. And um, I, I find that I appreciate um, the bands and, like, live music and everything so much more when it's, like, non-identifying artists and female artists that that's when it hit me and you know to receive this grant you know carol lloyd was this trailblazing like groundbreaking woman who made such a difference in the music industry like to the point where there is this grant um named after her which is so dope 
And I'm so honored that I got to receive this because it means that I can, you know, work less um, to like, I can work less at the cafe I work at just so I can, um, so I can earn money to record these songs and stuff. And instead I have it um, to me, which means I can put my name out there quicker and like, you know, easier and hopefully, you know, um, release these songs that that can help people. And I just hope that I can make some kind of, some kind of um, mark in the ground just as Carol did, which is, which would be insane. Were there any songs that were particularly fun to write or have an interest? Yeah, I mean, I guess um, Addict, which is like the feature song on it. Um, it's about like a gambling addiction that I had when I was 18. And then, you know, writing that song, though I wasn't fully over the addiction when I wrote the song, it was still like very fun to write it and just like put my feelings in place at the time. Um, I'm finally like out of the addiction now, but and it's like super fun to talk about. Well, it's like super interesting to talk about and super like great to look back on it and know that I don't feel any of those feelings that I felt at the time because it was like the most darkest, like sickly, sickly feeling that I used to wake up with knowing that I, um, you know, had, didn't have any money in my account and like, you know, I'd do all these cover gigs just to make money just so I could go out and spend more at the casino because it's so addictive, like being able to win um, money. I got super addicted to it because I was um, a massive fan of the arcade as a kid and um, I'm still a massive fan of the arcade. It's so much fun. Um, but then when I realized it's like that, but you win money, um, you know, something in me clicks and I was like, oh, this is insane. And, um, I think having a very addictive personality as well, um, mm-hmm. I get very addicted to when I try a new, a bar and like when I meet a new friend or something like that. Um, so, you know, going to going somewhere with like flashing lights and just like winning money. Um, it was just super easy to get hooked, but yeah, I'm so grateful that I'm out of it now. And like writing that song, I tried to capture, I had a lot of fun with it, like trying to capture all those crazy, hectic frantic feelings and emotions um that I felt in different stages in the addiction and stuff just in this one song and specifically in that bridge where it just goes crazy did you have a favorite song off the EP yeah I think I think my favorite song is probably the outro because I'd never played it before and no one really knew it was coming um and it's my favorite because it answers I feel like the song swim like the second last song of the EP is a question and then the outro is the answer it's like um swims about thank you uh swims about like having those feelings of um feeling alienated and stuff with coming out and being queer and stuff like that and the whole song I never say but it's but it's okay like you know I'm I'm okay with it and stuff the whole song is basically saying well you know I feel really shit and then the outro is kind of like correcting that and saying that I don't give a shit like whoever whoever cares like whoever cares about this issue like whoever cares that I'm queer like you are the problem it's not me you know what I mean yeah, I was curious, um, what kind of queer themes do you like to explore in your work? Is it mainly that sense of coming out or have you had a go at, you know, working through some other feelings or thoughts um, in your music? Yeah, um, well, definitely the coming out one because um, I found that when I was younger and coming to terms with my sexuality that things like that um, helped me a lot, like listening to other people's stories and songs about coming out, that helped me so much. Um, do you know Dodie Clark's song, She? Do you, have you ever heard that? Yeah. 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 I used to love that song. Same, same, right? So when I was like... Um, oh, Dodie. Uh, when I was first, like, I used to YouTube so much. Like, I used to love watching YouTube as a younger kid. I think I was in grade nine going into grade 10. I, I knew I was queer, but, like, I didn't really understand what that meant. And I also knew it was very um, looked down on at my point in time, at that point in time in my life um, and the people that I was surrounded with and stuff like that. So I never, like, really was open about it but then I watched um I, f- I found Dodie Clark's um song She and someone had made this music video for it of these two women just like you know falling in love but then one of them 
uh, doesn't love the other one back. And it's just like, it was so sad. I remember like feeling so connected and so strongly, like watching this video. And I was like, well, why do I feel so strongly? Why do I feel like absolutely heartbroken that they don't end up together and that kind of thing? And I was like, oh, because that's me as well. And I'm so comforted that there's something like this on the internet that I can relate to. And that once I realized that I was like, well, I want to make this kind of art once when I'm comfortable with myself, I want to make this kind of art to make people feel better as well. So I put out Swim and um, that song's about coming out. And then I also have a song called Life Sentence, which is on the EP, which is about navigating this relationship that I had at my all girls Christian school with this, um, with this girl on the grade below me. And not only were we both coming to terms that we were both queer and that we weren't like straight, but it was also super duper hard to like be navigating this relationship that and that like this like feeling that we felt knowing that it was so frowned upon I was gonna jump on to talking about your tour that's coming up next month right yeah yeah how are you feeling about that is that your first sort of nationwide tour Mm -hmm. oh yeah so I've I've only ever done um a show in to uh, like a show a weekend in Sydney where I did two shows and that was my only interstate show. Um, but I'm very, very excited because this tour has been like postponed <laughs> twice now because of COVID as well. At the beginning though, as well, it was only um, Sydney and Melbourne and Brisbane, but now it's like Adelaide and, and Newcastle. Um, so I'm super duper excited. However, still like very skeptical and I don't want to get my hopes too high because, you know, we're in such a fragile environment right now where everything just can happen like that. And, um, you know, it can just be postponed again, which would suck. And I, you know, my main concern is just like everyone's health and well-being and mental health, of course, because it's just such a such a um, taxing taxing thing that we're going through. But yeah, you know, obviously, it just it takes away all the things that we know to be um, our lives. You know, like dancing and just like seeing live music in general, and just going out for a coffee or or a drink and stuff like that. So I really hope that. This goes through because I can't wait to play for people that have actually bought tickets to see me. Like that's that blows my mind. Regardless, like I'm, I'm still so stoked and I'm so excited. What's next for you after the tour? Um, I'm definitely gonna settle down a bit, um, and just like start demoing all the new songs and like demo, demo, demoing my songs for the album, and hopefully just like get that all ready to go because you know, um, the EP's out, which I'm so stoked for, but I can't wait to put out the album and um you know, more live shows. I really want to do more festival stuff. So this is just for our We've Got a Spotify playlist on Loud and Queer um, called the Loud and Queer Mixtape of 2021. And I was hoping you could help us add a favourite song of yours by a queer artist you might know. Yes, absolutely. Okay, (laughs) Heteronormative Nightmare by Eaglemont. Oh, cool. I haven't heard of that one. Oh, you're going to love it. So Eaglemont's a Melbourne artist and – um. She's freaking awesome. And the song's called Heteronormative Nightmare. And it's about when she was in the back of her formal, um, car, like the car taking her to her formal with her date, who was a male. And she was just like, man, what am I doing? And it's just like so good. It's exactly what I did as well when I was going to my formal. I'm just like, gosh, why am I? Oh, like, why am I here with the man? Which it's just like fantastic. So I definitely recommend it. And it's a beautiful song. So definitely that one. Awesome. Thank you so much. Sick. Well, thank you so much for having me. That was queer musician Hope D speaking with us at Loud and Queer on Sin. What did you think? Let us know at Sin Loud on Insta and Twitter. That's at S-Y-N Loud. And coming up now, earlier this week, I was lucky enough to sit down and interview LA-based non-binary artist Claude to chat with, their, to chat with them about their newly released album, Super Monster. Give that a listen.
Well, you've recently just released your newest album, Super Monster, which obviously has come just off the heels and still during such a crazy year. So I just wanted you to talk a bit about how did you go with your writing your songs during such a crazy time being stuck at home? Oh my gosh. Well, most of the album was written before the pandemic. Um, pretty much all of it was written before the pandemic. Um, but I managed to like really zero in on and like really sort of perfect and finish everything like when we were all isolated. But I, I sort of feel like I would have isolated myself anyways, not to this extent, but to some extent to just finish the record. I feel like that's sort of like a crucial part to all album processes. Yeah, of course, that makes sense. Um, l- listening to a lot of your songs and everything they've got like they're very a lot of them can seem like very much coming of age stories taking place like just sort of going on through time not really necessarily at huge milestone points in your life or anything but sort of what's your inspiration when you come to writing your songs there's a there's there's a few inspirations um i'm inspired a lot by my friends specifically like my friend josh who produced a lot of my album and who's been working on music with me since I was a baby, not a literal baby, but new, very new to music. Uh, And like, he's definitely a huge inspiration for me. And then there's certain musicians along the way that like really shaped me, I think like Feist and like Carol King and, and um, the XX and, and then also, yeah, I'm sort of just like inspired by my surroundings. Yeah, that makes sense. Sort of what exactly got you into sort of making music like that? Like what sort of started you down that road, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I, I took a, like a, basically this like contemporary, like music, after school music program opened up in my town when I was maybe like 10 or 11. And there was, we, I would drive past it all the time because it was on my drive home from school. And I saw like a big sign in the window that said like, that just had like a picture of like some young kids like playing guitar and playing keyboard. And I was like, that looks cool. Like, I want to do that. And my mom's like, okay, like we can, we can try. And so they had these things called like trial lessons to like see if you liked it. And I took a trial keyboard lesson And the teacher showed me like how to play like four chords on the keyboard and showed me like a Feist song. And that's when I was like, really like, oh my gosh, like all these songs that I love and that I hear, like they can be stripped down to only four chords. And like, I can do that too. And like, I can make a song too, because now I know these chords. And so then I spent like the next couple of years, like basically like, sort of dissecting songwriting and figuring out how to do it and writing like a lot of really bad songs but that's sort of how I started. That sounds really nice it's a nice like sort of starting on that creative process and everything isn't it? Yeah. Yeah um well I guess in that regard like when it comes to like your music do you, how do you think like you've like when you sort of started out writing music and producing and like releasing it to the world and everything how do you feel like your music's evolved like since from then to like now and everything oh I think it's evolved so much I think um like sonically 
um, I have a lot of my own influence. Like I, I influence the production a lot more now. Like I'm very hands-on and, um, and then lyrically, like I've just grown as a person and I've experienced more like as a young adult and just, just like growing up sort of obviously like your, your mindset changes and your perspective changes. And so that affects my songwriting a lot. Yeah, that makes sense. I did see before, like when I was sort of doing some work, getting ready for this interview and everything, I was seeing some of your music videos that have come out, like your song Gold and the way that it's been filmed with all the bright colors and everything is just so, it's so enchanting, like it's so nice to be taken in by. So you can see where that influence has come from. Thanks. Yeah, um, let me just check my questions. Um, yeah, I guess at, with your, uh, your own core identity being non-binary, how do you feel like that has been reflected in your music? Um, I mean, I don't really know, like, I don't think like being non-binary necessarily like influences my music. I think enough. like, yeah, I just, I feel like, I mean, it definitely influences the way the world sees me and the way that I experience life just based on on my interactions with other people. And so that definitely, like, like for example, on, like, Mr. Bitch, like, somebody called me a bitch and it felt like they misgendered me and it felt super misogynistic, like, all at the same time. And, like, so that was sort of, yeah, so that's where that song came from. But, um, yeah, yeah, understandable. I, yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. I, that was, a, I did enjoy listening to that song as well. It was a, you could hear like the passion behind that one. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, um, I guess, do you hope that with like, do you hope that being like as, obviously it doesn't necessarily have to be influencing your music too much, but like as a non-binary artist, do you hope that you've been able to create like more music out there into the safe environment for other queer artists that are hoping to emerge into the world? I hope so. Um, yeah, I hope so. I've definitely, you know, the music business is a little rough sometimes and it's a little traditional at times. And I hope that just like my presence or that for how long I've like fought against the patriarchy, like I hope it's making some sort of impact to make it easier for, for other artists. Yeah, that's nice to hear. It's a, it's a long road, but it's good to see how far you've come, like starting out to where you are now and being able to make music that can help influence and inspire a lot of people. Thanks. Yeah, um, I did notice like before, like the, when we were planning out this interview, that's before your album had fully been released, a few of your songs have been pre-released. Was there any sort of inspiration behind releasing some of those songs like Gold, Soft Spot and Cuff Your Jeans earlier? Um, yeah, so those were just singles for the album to sort of, like, get people excited and give them a taste of, like, what was going to come. Um, and I pick each song that I put out sort of represents a different part of the record, you know, like, um, Gold is a bit more poppy and, like, really bass and drums heavy. And then, like, uh, for example, and then Soft Spot is a lot more rock driven. So I, I wanted to provide that contrast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's nice. Um, with, uh, with, I guess with the whole album in general, what was your big inspiration behind creating many of the songs in, in uh, Super Monster? I think like 
it's hard to pinpoint one inspiration, but like the biggest driving force for me was sort of to portray and like show people that like growth is not linear and that like it's okay to mess up and that we're all human and that like nobody's a superhero but nobody's a monster you know like we're all unless I don't know maybe some people are a monster but you know like we're all just like growing and learning together and that like don't be so hard on yourself when you when you notice that your growth is not linear you know yeah of course it's a lot we're all people and that's that's just a really nice message to have throughout your album Thanks. yeah um, I guess it's one of my last few questions there and everything, which um, understandable if that you don't really have an answer for this one and everything. But after, now that you've released your album, as things hopefully can start attempting to get better out in the world, do you have any plans for future, um, like any like future performances or anything? Um, I mean, I have some live streams in the works um, and then just, you know, hoping 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 that I can play in a live show in the next year or so yeah awesome um I guess just for finally just like to reach out to any of our viewers out there um where would they be able to follow you to like help listen to more music and be caught up with more of your work and who you are as a person <laughs> um you can follow my spotify page you could follow me on instagram all my social media handles are claude.mp3 or claude.mp3. And, and yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and let me interview you with all these questions. It's been really nice to have you on the show. That was our interview with Claude here on Loud and Queer. What did you think? Let us know at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to check out their album, you can listen to it at Claude on Spotify. Up now, we... Coming up now, we have our weekly froth or not, the part of the show we talk about things that happened this week that we think were, you know, froth or not. <laughs> so, Laura, what are some things that happened to you this week that you think were pretty froth? This week, I I did a lot of fun things, but I watched The Lighthouse, that Ooh. very, like, artsy movie that people rave about because it was shot on this, like, square... I don't even know camera terms. I yeah, I, I get what you mean, but like the square, sort of the square grid instead of like the regular like yeah, yeah, it's yeah. I get what you mean. Rectangle. <laughs> that's, that's I think the best my partner said something about thirty-five mil film or anyway, some very yeah, old yeah. vintage camera. Um, and they've been nerding out about it and telling me all about the whole production behind it how the lighthouse and it was built from scratch how the weather in it was legitimately miserable not just like a rainmaker in the background oh, and oh yeah it's it's an incredible movie and me being me I read so much homoerotic subtext into it because <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to do that no matter what oh no a hundred percent yeah are you really enjoying your media if you're not looking at the homoerotic subtext of it? Literally, we've got two whole podcast episodes about that already, you know? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Um, it's quite a miserable tone, very horror. I didn't even think about it as a horror movie, though, until right near the end when they start axing each other and <laughs> burying each other and, you know, 
dying and coming back to life. It's all it's all very very gay, like gothic gay, in my opinion. Uh, and Sorry, I just love, just love, <laughs> love that I was like, "Are oh, you killing each other?" That sounds pretty gay. Pretty gay to me. I'll find anything gay. You know that. <laughs> true, true. But also, something I really liked about it was there was a lot of mythology um, within the film. And it sort of ends with this metaphor of Prometheus um, being like the sort of symbol of eternal suffering. Um, well, as someone that loves mythology, that's right up my alley. Yeah, you should absolutely watch it. Um, yeah, I feel like on this show, you're the one who's recommending more media to me, and I'm the media <laughs> student here. This is a problem. Well, I'm just helping you learn, I guess. Yes, you are. I, that's that's the way I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> I think just um, the more time I spend doing, you know, artsy, creative things like Loud and Queer, the more time I'm investing in watching and reading artsy, creative things, and I I love that. That's a fair. That's fair enough. It's a good way of looking at it. Like I've heard mm. a lot about the Lighthouse. I'd never, I just hadn't ever gotten around to see it. Like since I since I currently work at like a local cinema. It, you kind of get to the point where it's kind of like since you're oh, going in, checking the movies all the time, you kind of you're at the movies all the time. The idea of like spending your days off going to the cinema, you're just kind of like, no thanks. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, you never want to be in work on a day off, even if it's a good place to work. Yeah. Oh, funny story. Actually, I had a I do I normally do closing shifts at work, and mm. currently because we're a bit low on staff, obviously, with everything that's going on. So it's mainly like me and like three other people that do all the closing shifts. Mm. And I was closing up one time and a few of my work friends did come to go see a movie and one of them is the other, another closing shift person. And they actually came around to the work area and started helping me with the closing stuff. <laughs> I had to like come up to them, put like a hand on the shoulder and be like, look, you need to get out of here. Yeah. This is a problem. <laughs> Stop that right now. It shouldn't be second nature to you. No. Oh, God, I understand that, though. <laughs> when you clock out, you got to clock out mentally, too. I think that's the biggest oh, the best advice on that I think I could give or be given. Yeah, I feel like my family hates going to the movies with me now because I'm just such a stickler for being like, no, you take, you take your trash and you take it to that bin. I'm not <laughs> watching you leave work for someone else. <laughs> Perfect. You're training them. Yes, I am. <laughs> so what um, have you been frothing this week? Um, I've been frothing. I've been kind of been, I've been doing a bit of stuff this week, sort of applying to get more experience and stuff because, like I said, I do have a job, but I kind of want to get more work in um, media-based gigs. Mm. So I was quite fortunate enough to land a small job as a runner for a small film that's going to be filmed later on in the year, probably around like March and April. Mm. So I am very excited for that. That's great. I won't give any details about it though, because I don't know how much I'm allowed to tell Um. and I'd rather not risk the job. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us if it's gay or not? Um, Well, it's a thriller and it's, I imagine... Again, I don't know too much, but I am hoping it is gay. I'll find <laughs> or at a way to make got it at least gay. Some, we'll find a way. <laughs> Literally. There's one thing that the queer community is good at. It's making things gay. 
Yes, I write. I think it's um, one of my special talents, to be honest. It's a special. It's oh, it's a special talent of anyone, <laughs> of anyone within the queer community. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is there anything you've not been frothing this week? The job sounds um, cool, but is there anything you'd like to have a rant or ramble about? Um. Well, honestly, compared to like some other not things we've sort of not frothed about in like previous sessions it's not a very big one it's more of just a personal gripe for me um it was when I had to clean out my rabbit cage oh god that's always the worst yeah because I love my rabbit she's a small little sweet baby but she loves to make a mess and it is always a nightmare to clean and the hot weather outside yesterday did not make cleaning it any easier oh it must have stunk yeah, it's stunk. God, it stunk so bad. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was out. I got, I did it outside at least, so it got me out in the sun, which is both a good and bad thing because it's nice to be outside, but not in the hot weather. No, definitely not. What about you, though? What is a a sort of a not thing for you that's happened with this week, or something that you've not frothed with? Um, my biggest not this week was waking up yesterday to the news that there is no more news on Facebook anymore. I'm pretty upset about that, to be honest. And I'm just bothered. I'm just really bothered because as someone who is a young journalist and who is trying to get journalism work you know, steady journalism work, this is extremely frustrating because not only does it take away work from social media managers at these news publications it also takes away the ability for you know low budget no budget um news outlets like community media like community radio to be able to put news out on another widespread platform and when you know the only people who can afford to make deals to actually be paid for their content are places like News Corp who make money off a lot of unethical reporting. You end up pretty much with only right-wing conservative news media, right? Actually being funded and actually being spread. So what are we meant to do? Yeah, it's such a... God, can we just eat the rich already? (laughs) (laughs) Bloody witch. Yeah, it's it's so frustrating just like it's the 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 worst thing about it is just like how it's just like as you've as you're saying it's just like the people that are suffering the most from this are people like you people that are trying to get work out of that industry well yeah one of my one of the people from my cohort from my journalism degree um you know is a like got into the industry by being a social media manager and is now saying you know half my job has been just nullified yeah it's disappeared overnight and then you know not just journalists but the people that journalists are supposed to be serving you know how are you going to access your news now yeah do that many people in australia use twitter i don't think so instagram's not the best place to get news because of the formatting Mm. um you know, there are newsletters you can sign up to at news organizations now, which is a good start. And I would recommend people doing that for reputable services like the ABC, Fairfax, mm. whoever you prefer, 
you know, obviously so long as it's make not, sure. So long as it's nothing related to Murdoch, of course. <laughs> I'm not saying do or don't. I'm just saying, like, fact check them a little bit. Or of course, yeah. Look that's... at what what kind of news they're posting and why. Um, that's another thing, actually, though. Like, when it comes to, like, Facebook just full on, like, stopping news media in Australia, mm-hmm. if they've been able to do that this entire time, the fact they've done nothing about the spread of misinformation on their side is yeah, really telling. It's incredibly telling. You, can, you know they have all the technology to be able to stop the spread of misinformation, disinformation, and they'd rather do whatever gains them more money despite being a multi-billion dollar multinational company. So I'm a bit sick of it. Yeah. F Facebook. Uh, <laughs> we hate enough, Facebook. well it just brings back to the same conclusion that we've had this whole time eat the rich yeah eat suck he probably won't taste good but (laughs) true (laughs) so that's my rant on that pretty much what i would say please go sign up to the newsletters for a variety of news outlets don't just sign up for one it's a good thing to be reading lots of different news outlets whatever they are try and get a range because they'll give you different kinds of news, they'll give you different perspectives. It's a healthy balance. It will keep you informed. It will keep our democracy in this country thriving. You know, obviously there's work to be done on that issue. Mm. (laughs) But um, keep yourselves informed, please. And also don't forget the smaller news broadcasters, the smaller papers and magazines and things that are trying to keep themselves alive. Before any of this even happened, it was hard. It's even harder now. So just you know, check out Q News, check out your student, you know, your student paper, check out your local paper. Um, Do what you can for the little guys out there. Yeah, I bought a newspaper today. Like, I bought a physical newspaper. Because <laughs> I just buy more newspapers. Yeah, because I just thought, you know, well, at least it's like three more dollars going to the news I actually care about and not just random revenue on the internet somewhere for, I think there's something to fight back against and something to really pay close attention to in the near, near future because it's really going to affect how we stay informed. That was Froth or Not. Thanks for listening to our froths and our rants today. Um <laughs> You heard about the lighthouse, cleaning rabbit cages, Elizabeth's new job. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. And our very long rant about why we hate Facebook. for listening to the show today we featured a bunch of stuff uh we had our news whip up first then we had interviews from la artist claude and brisbane artist hope b about their new music lastly we chatted about our froth or nots of the week and you can hear all of this on the podcast which is airing at 4 p.m every sunday if you missed any of the show please check it out. You can find that on any of our podcast streaming services such as Omni, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tweet us or follow us on Instagram. Our, what is it? Our handle is at SinLoud. That's at S-Y-N loud. 
thank you so much for listening today and we'll hopefully have some great stuff for you next week if you enjoyed the music we've played on the show and if you want to hear more of it you can check out our spotify playlist it's uh, the loud and queer mixtape 2021 we'll see you next week on sunday at 3 p.m i'm laura i'm elizabeth and this is loud and queer on sin 